واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله indeed all praise is due to allah and as such we should praise him seek his help and seek refuge in allah from the evil which is within ourselves and the evil which results from our deeds for whomsoever allah has guided none can misguide and whomsoever allah has allowed to go astray none can guide and i bear witness that there is no god worthy of worship but allah and that muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam was the last messenger of allah in asdaqal hadith kitabullah indeed the most truthful form of speech is the book of allah wa khayra hadi hadi muhammadin sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the best source of guidance was that brought by muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam wa sharral umuri muhdathatuha and the worst of all affairs are the innovations in religion fa inna kullam muhdathatin bid'ah wa kullu bid'atin dalalah wa kullu dalalatin fi an-nar for indeed every innovation in religion is a cursed innovation a bid'ah and all cursed innovation is a source of misguidance and all misguidance ultimately leads to the hellfire brothers and sisters carrying on with a topic we began after ramadan and hajj the topic of dhikrullah remembrance of allah basically clarifying that remembrance of allah can take so many different forms for us to be able to break out of the standard customary compartments of remembrance of allah and expand that understanding to living allah's remembrance taking it out of the ritual and making it a part of our day-to-day life towards that end while i was on hajj this year i remembered that there was a particular point which i had forgotten to tell people who were coming on hajj along with me hajj group when i been on hajj 2 years before i thought about it and i said this is something which people need to know before they come on hajj but Allah's will I forgot As soon as I got to Mecca ah, remembered what was that That virtually with every single salah that we pray every fard prayer that we make 
there is Salatul Janazah. In both Mecca and Medina. With virtually every single Salah. And this is something that most people don't experience. Where you come from, how many Salatul Janazahs have you experienced here? So unless you are prepared mentally for it, you'll go there and like some people would ask me, what is this extra prayer they're making after every far prayer? What is it? They had no idea. They never prayed Salatul Janazah before. They didn't know what it was. So it was like some special prayers going on along with the farm. They're in Mecca. Then I had to explain to them that, oh, this is Salatul Janazah. Somebody has died and they're praying for them. Sometimes it was two, three, five people at one time. Sometimes it was just one. But virtually with every single prayer. So, I can advise you now, for those of you that are planning to make Hajj or make Umrah, learn Salatul Janazah. Learn how it's done. You can get it, the basic practices of the Salah, how it takes place, how it should be done. You can get it from the Islamic Online University, uh, go into the course on, free course, on uh, funeral rites it's called I think um, uh, the final destination is the name of the course but the course will describe the whole process of somebody dying and when they're dying and what to do etc and then Salat al-Janazah is described there in detail what to say the text is there also you can download it to learn it you carry it with you now, in thinking about that, I remembered that Prophet Muhammad had also stressed the importance as a means of dhikr, remembrance of Allah, he had stressed the importance of visiting the graveyards. He said in a hadith found in Sahih Muslim, نَحَيْتُكُمْ عَنْ زِيَارَةِ الْقُبُورِ فَزُورُوهَا فَإِنَّ فِي زِيَارَتِهَا تَذْكِرَةِ I forbade you from visiting graves, but now you may visit them, for in visiting them, there is a reminder. A reminder of death. And a reminder of Allah. That this is something important. Prophet ﷺ stressed it. In the early days of Islam, the final dispensation of Islam, Muslims were prohibited from going to the graveyards altogether. Prohibited, why? Because the majority of shirk, idolatry, which is practiced in the world today, comes from the graveyard. Things connected to the dead. Worshipping the dead, calling on the dead, rituals and rites around the dead. Believing that the dead become, for example, in Buddhism, free spirits that become like gods who you can call on. 
depending on their status in this life. So, in the early days, in order to break that bond with idolatry, Prophet Muhammad based on Allah's command, of course this wasn't his ijtihad, he didn't just come up with it from himself, Allah commanded him to instruct his companions not to go to the graveyard. Stop. After the concepts of Tawheed were firmly planted, the issues were clear, then he went back and said, I used to forbid you, now go visit them. Why? What is the purpose? The purpose is not there to go there and do things for the dead, rituals and rites etc. around the dead. No. It's to go there to, to, to remember what is to come. To remember that this life is short. So he said on another occasion, visit the graves because it softens the hearts brings tears to the eyes and is a reminder of the next life. It softens the heart. It breaks you down. When you go to the graveyard here in Abu Hamur and you see all these graves and you stop and you think this is where you're headed you have to tremble. You have to be humbled. Be humiliated. Because of who you think you are here. and What you think you're doing. And how important. And whatever. Then you go there. And you realize. Well this is where everybody ends up. And depending on the level of how much you are humiliated, tears will come to your eyes. And definitely, you stop and think, you have to think about the life to come. And what it is that we have prepared. What preparations have we made? Are we ready? Now, women traditionally in many Muslim countries are banned from visiting the graves. This is not so here. Women can go and visit the graves. Now, it has ended up in the fiqh of some of the madhabs that way. And there is a hadith from the Prophet ﷺ actually narrated by Hassan ibn Thabit in which he said la'ana rasulullah zuwarat al-qubur the messenger of Allah cursed those women who frequently visited the graves there's another narration which said za'irat al-qubur which just women who visit the graves however that narration is weak it's not authentic the authentic one is Zuwarat al-Kubur Those who frequently visit the grave 
So because of that distinction, a number of the leading scholars, Ibn Hajar, others, pointed out that those who are prohibit, prohibited are only those who would go there frequently. Why? Because a woman who is frequently going to the grave means that she's going to be neglecting something at home. The rights of her husband, etc., her family on her, will be neglected. Also, she will be running out the home all the time. This is putting her out in public more than she needs to be. And thirdly, because of the depression that tends to come from it. Constantly going to the grave, seeing the circumstance under which your relative is buried, dead, etc. Because of women's sensitivities, it really tears at them. Prophet didn't ban it for men. Because men tend to be more cold. They're not as warm emotionally as women. Not as sensitive. They tend to be more stiff. So visiting frequently for them is good. Break them down. They need to be broken down more. So they were not prohibited. But for women, no. Because they're the ones who tend to go to excesses. Wailing, screaming, tearing their clothes and doing things which are forbidden in Islam. So, the conclusion of those scholars was that it was not prohibited for women in general. Because the main benefits that are spoken about by the Prophet are benefits which go to both men and women. Furthermore, there is an authentic narration from Abdullah ibn Abi Mulaika in which he said one day when Aisha radiallahu anha was coming back from the graveyard he asked her where did you go O mother of the believers? Where, where are you coming from O mother of the believers? She said I'm coming from the grave of my brother Abdurrahman ibn Abi Bakr so this tabi'i, he asked, uh, didn't Prophet Muhammad forbid it? Meaning forbid it for women, because this is after his death. She said, yeah, he did initially, but then he permitted us to do so. So her practice as a leading companion, wife of the Prophet strengthens the position of those who say women are not prohibited to visit the graveyards. So this is something which both men and women are encouraged to do. If I were to ask how many of us here have been to the graveyard at Abu Hamur, I'm sure there wouldn't be very many hands up. But this is the recommendation of the Prophet ﷺ. We need to add it as a part of our life. Remembrance of Allah.
Not specifically on Eid, because some people back home in the home countries on Eid, this is when they go. After Eid, etc., people all go down to the graveyard, they clean it up and clean the tombs and things. But no, this is not the Sunnah of the Prophet. That is something else. That's a ritual. We need to take some time out. We do everything else. We go to the Corniche. We go to the water park. You know. We enjoy. We travel. We take everybody. We take the whole family. We go out to the desert. Sea line. Swimming. We do everything. But we'd never take anybody to the graveyard. We need to do that. Because this is what Prophet Muhammad reminded us and recommended for us. So I ask Allah SWT to bring us back on the straight path. The path wherein we remember Allah in our lives in its entirety. Not only in just certain corners of our lives. I ask Allah to remind us to keep us conscious of this recommendation of the Prophet ﷺ to visit the graves and that we do so and remember him and remember the life to come. أقول قول هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين من كل ذنب فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم. I ask Allah to forgive myself and yourselves and call on you to turn to him seek his forgiveness for only he forgives sins alhamdulillah was salatu was salam rasulullah Visiting the graves and remembering death has another particular significance for us here today. In that, a dear brother of ours by the name of Tariq Masoud, who used to pray along with us every Friday, very sincere, dedicated brother to his family, very generous with his wealth. He, on the 26th of December, died of a heart attack in Lahore, Pakistan, and was buried there. So, this brings the issue of death even that much closer to us. He used to sit in the lines, first, second lines here, as you are sitting. He was 51 years old. For some of you, that's old enough. For some of us, that's pretty young. So, that is a reminder for us to reflect on and to make dua for our brother Tariq. Ask Allah to forgive his sins and to give him a place in paradise. 
one of the things that uh, when this information came to me some of our brothers here from the community wanted to do Salatul Janaza Lil Ghaib for one who is absent so they asked about it I informed them that yes Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu did do it but he did it for a Najashi the Ethiopian ruler who had died the information had been brought to him by Angel Gabriel he was informed that he had died he had accepted Islam there without his people knowing it he had protected Muslims who had made hijra there initially and he died there a believer so Prophet Muhammad called the companions and said you know let us make Salatul Janazah for our brother so they did it because no Salatul Janazah would have been made for him there so that is the basic practice for Salat al-Janazah for those who are absent. So I advised them not to do it. Because this was not really the practice of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Nor the early generation. So that's just clarifying for the rest of you who might have that in your hearts, might want to do it, and it may be a custom or a tradition that's widespread in some parts of the world. So just a clarification on that point. And the other point I'd just like to mention is um, what should we say when we go to the graveyards? If we do make it to Abu Hamur, to the graveyard there, what should we say? We get into the graveyard, maybe we don't have any relatives or anybody there specifically that we can go to their grave and make dua for them by their grave what should we say well Prophet Muhammad was asked by his companions Aisha asked him what should we say when we go to the graveyards and he said you should say and he, there's a couple of narrations of it Assalamu alaykum ahl al-diyari min al-mu'mineen wal muslimin wa inna insha'Allah lalahiqoon As'alullahu lana wa lakum al-afiyah. Peace be on you believers and Muslims, inhabitants of this abode. Indeed, we will, God willing, be joining you. I ask Allah for your well-being and ours. The key line there is, indeed, we will be joining you. This is the reminder. We remind ourselves that we will end up in the same place. So, brothers, sisters, let us not be heedless to these warnings, to these developments which have meaning in our lives if we reflect on them and we reflect on our lives. Coming up tonight is 
New Year's Eve. And tomorrow, New Year's Day. This which non-Muslims celebrate with full force, full fervor. And many Muslims join in with them. It's just a party. We don't believe in whatever it is that they believe in, but what is it anyway? It's just celebration for the end of the year. Maybe it's Thanksgiving. Thanking God for a good year. Well, no. That's not what's at the base of it. New Year's Day, the 1st of January, was decided by Julius Caesar, the Roman Emperor, Julius Caesar, who set during his rule the beginning month of the year, as Omar ibn al-Khattab had set Muharram as the beginning month for the year, the Hijra, counting from the Hijra. Julius Caesar, before the time of Christ, had set January as the first month of the year. And he chose January. Why? Because the god of doorways, Janus, who in their idols, whenever they represent the idol Janus, he has two heads. If you go on Google Janus, you will see an idol with a head facing this way and a head on his back facing the other way. He was the god of doorways. You left the last year and you now enter into the new year. So he was chosen appropriately as the doorway into the new year. And so New Year's Day, of course, was, you know, major worship of Janus. Why the parties the night before? Well, according to ancient Roman mythology, before the ordered world that we know called the cosmos, where the word cosmonaut comes from for the Russians. This is the ordered world called the cosmos. According to their belief, it was preceded by chaos. The ordered world preceded by an unordered world, chaos, where everything was just crazy, going this way, that way, and everywhere. So, to act out the chaos which precedes the cosmos, the new year coming in, that celebration was a reenactment of the chaos before the cosmos. And that's why the parties were as wild as possible. All kinds of crazy things happen. Usually there are lawsuits, you know, in January from what happened in 
New Year's Eve. That's what it's about. That's why they traditionally just let loose and do anything New Year's Eve night. Because there's no, this is chaos now. Anything goes. So participating in that procedure, that celebration, is pagan. Not permissible for a Muslim who believes in Allah in the last day. Let us be very clear on this. You might find such and such, Sheikh so and so said, there's no harm in greeting the people and being amongst them if it's a means of uh, giving some da'wah, you show some kind of sympathy for them. This wasn't the way of Prophet Muhammad The pagans had their celebrations and he cancelled all of them. You Muslims do not take part. We have two Eids, Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Adha. End of story. We don't need to compromise over their feelings when it, become, when it involves idolatry. There's a big difference between that and, for example, the graduation of your friend. Your friend, their kids are graduating from school. And they say, can you come along with us? Okay, you share with them in this occasion, no harm. There's no idolatry involved. There's no connection to idolatry. So, okay. You can consider their feelings then. No harm. But when it involves something so clearly idolatrous, then it is not befitting for a Muslim who believes in Allah on the last day to participate in such gatherings. And this was the way of Prophet Muhammad Wasallam. And this was why Allah told us in Allahumma malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi Ya ayyuhaladheena amanu sallu alayhi wasallimu taslima He told us that to pray for Prophet Muhammad sallallahu ask for Allah's peace upon him because of who he was what he represented the way of life that he lived the example for us So what is the point in Asking all these blessings for Prophet Muhammad and we don't live in accordance with the way that he showed us. It means then we're just involved in a ritual. A meaningless ritual which really in the end will be of no benefit to us. So I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring us back to his path and keep us firmly on it. I ask Allah to put love in our hearts for Muhammad Love for his sunnah, his way. Love for his companions. Love for Islam and for Allah subhanahu I ask Allah to forgive our negligence and our shortcomings. I ask Allah to replace these errors of the past with good deeds. And I ask Allah to keep us remembering death and its closeness and to keep us
doing as much as we can to prepare for the inevitable end. Aqimus Salaam.